Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Monogamish Pod. I'm Jen. I'm Sham. And. And. We're, we're Monogamish. Monogamish. On this week's episode, we are airing an interview that we recorded several months ago with one of our friends, Miso. She is polyamorous, polysexual, and aromantic. Wow, that's a mouthful. But before we get into Miso's interview, we want to talk about our sponsor, altplayground.net. Have you guys been entering this points program thing to win the Sibian and the 100 other prizes yet? If you have not been doing that, you're behind. You're behind because Sham and I are determined to win this thing. We are manifesting a Sibian in our lives and maybe one of the other prizes. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But of course, we want to make sure that you guys are participating as well is definitely a way to meet and engage with more people on altpayground.net so want you guys to head on over there participate in some actions win some points and maybe you could come second runner up to shamanai yeah, you can get whatever is not the sibian the other the other other prize right the other other prize but yes so you do that at altplayground.net and of course, we also want to give a special shout out to our podcast partner, Shelf Love Podcast, headed up by the amazing Andrea Martucci. All day, every day. It's, it's, it's us, girl. It's us. But uh, before we dive into all that stuff with Miso, Sham has some very interesting news to share with us. So after this brief break, we'll take it away. So Sham, tell us what's happening in the universe today. Oh yeah. So just the other day, I get a email from everyone's, or one of everyone's favorite singer hotels, I guess, an adult hotel, Hedonism, saying that they they have acquired world-renowned Young Swingers Week. From what I understand, I know Young Swingers Week as an event that happens every year, where a bunch of young singers from all across the globe descend upon Hedo and they just take over the whole resort. They have events, they have parties, they have sexy times and it's a whole thing so it seems hedo has acquired the company that keeps that event and it's now a proper hedo brand thing so i think the event was always at hedo but now it's owned by them so what this means is that from now on it will be officially a hedo event and also they're planning to add even more events to their lineup every year and that was kind of weird for me because it was like <laughs> i already knew that this was a thing but i guess it's a, it's, it's better now because it's, it's official they can do more stuff with it. It can be bigger and better. And I've always wanted to go to Young Singers Week, honestly. And this is giving me an even more reason to want to go. Obviously, not this year. I'm curious to see what it looks like. They also have other events planned, like Fitness Couples Week, Week of EDM. Okay, Week of Kink. I like that. Buy Couples Week. Ooh, Arm Candy Week, Rock Music Week, Marriage Retreat Couples. And there, there, there's a lot. But yeah, Young Singers Week, Hedonism, together, officially at last. Well, that is amazing news. I definitely thank so much for sharing that with me. As someone who's never been to hedonism, this is just a whole other thing to add to the one day in the future visit. Still can't believe that. That's just crazy. But now that we've discussed our very important sex in the news, let us dive into this interview with Miso. It's going to play right here. Today we have Miso. Miso is... Our friend and Miso is also non-monogamous. 
Cheers for Miso! Jazz hands, applause, yay! Hi everyone! Thank you so much for being here today. So why don't you tell the people a little bit about you? Sure, as you've heard, I'm Miso. I'm 21 years old and I'm currently in the Midwest. It's not my first place to be, but it's where I currently am. I identify as polyamorous and polysexual and aromantic. I'm all over the place when it comes to relationships, love. Yeah. Currently, I am completely single. There are a couple people looking to change that, but have not succeeded yet. You guys know me on Instagram. I go by at poly2princess. Or uh, I'm also a moderator on the Polyclusion Instagram page. If you watch some of those lives, you've probably seen me on that. But yeah, those were those are the main things to know about me. Love it. Thank you for that brief introduction. Now, we've had an aromantic person on here before. Everyone remembers V. Episode 0204, we had V on talking about her aromaticism and her polyamory. And so, see, we brought another one there. There are more aromatic people out there in the world, y'all. Polysexual is a is one I have not. Why don't you tell people what polysexual is? So for me, I view polysexual as sort of like the middle ground between pansexual and bisexual. Like, for me, I do believe that bisexual is where you love two different genders, whether it be transgendered people, non-binary people, and same-sex gender. So for me, that's the belief I hold for what bisexuality would mean for me. So once I discover I started liking more genders than my previous consumption of just male and female, I went looking for labels that would fit me. And For a while, I thought I was pansexual, but then I was like, I really don't like or don't feel attracted. I don't want to say don't like because, hey, I respect you, but I'm just not attracted to certain gender expressions. And so I was like, I can't claim to be pansexual when I'm not attracted to all the genders. So I went looking for labels. I stumbled upon omnisexual and polysexual. And... For me, omnisexual was just too similar to pansexuality in that it was just how you loved all the genders, but it's how you go about being with the genders that was different. So polysexual, in my sexual definition for myself, means that I am attracted to most genders with just a few exceptions here and there. See that, guys? Learning things. We're learning things today. Thank you for explaining that. I had so no either. idea. So I just learned something. Right? New. I remember making fun of flexisexual with my dad just because it's not, not of people being flexisexual. Just the, just, the, just the word flexisexual. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, for me, it's just, I know for some people, bisexuality encompasses what poly, polysexual does. But for me, bisexual really, I just can't get over the two. So most bisexuals I know in my life, they're attracted to their gender, whether it be female or male, and then some other gender, usually it's transgender or non-binary. But for me, I'm like, I love more than that. And when most people think of bisexual, they think, oh, you like two genders. And it's like, no, I like more. And then I just didn't like omnisexual. That made me feel like I had to be like, spiritual voodoo voodoo or know-it-all and i'm like i i don't know that much (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no words words meaning things it's amazing so polyamorous 
polysexual, aromantic. Yes. Which one do we want to tackle first, Sham? What do you think? What what question should we ask first? Hmm. I guess see what aromantic means to her compared to the conversation we've had before, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a good question. So how does your aromatism present itself? Like, what is it? I mean, we know the literal definition of be, what being aromantic is, but like, where do you fall on the spectrum of aromanticism, you think? For me, I, I'm really weird because I like the idea of romance. Like, I like for my partner to, I would, if my partner wanted to do something for me because they want it to be romantic. I'm okay with it. Like it, it makes me feel a little awkward because I have no real like desire to perform those romantic like I don't know how to desire notion romantic notions, but like I will appreciate being. For me, I just don't really experience the desire or you know when people talk about. Sorry, I jump lines, but when people talk about love at first sight where you meet someone and you want to hold hands with them, travel through the world or skip under romantic trees. Like those ideas of what romance is like the Disney spoon fed us all. Like I met him, our eyes cross across the hallway and I knew he was the one. And for me, that's not really anything I've ever, like when I meet people, even former partners, I'm like, this person, I want to know them more intellectually than I want to know them. Like, I don't ever feel an attraction to someone who's like, I just want to curl up with you with a good book in front of a fire. It's more like mostly sexual attraction or uh, I want to be your friend. I want to have conversations with you. I want to know your inner layer, but I don't ever want to do it in what most common definition of romance. Oh, no, I totally understand what you mean. I'm definitely going to have to write down, uh, what was it, walk under romantic trees onto my relationship. But, you know, I understand that you don't want to do that. Like, I have no desire for that. And it's funny because my best friend is asexual. So we're we're opposites of each other, basically. I don't have the romantic feelings. They don't have the sexual feelings. And so when we talk about our ideas of relationship, it really comes out. It's like, oh, like... They want to just cuddle with their partner and be like an under share one blanket and huddle on the couch and have like share food and all that. And I'm just like, this is my food. This is my space. You can sit on the corner of the couch over there and don't touch me. Like, I mean, yeah, food is you can't share food with me. That's not how that works. I can eat your food, but you can't eat my food. Basically, yes. That is more uh, common than you would realize. <laughs> At least the sharing of food part. That that translates over into romantic relationships as well, unfortunately for us. But yeah, yeah. like I absolutely detest Valentine's Day. So one thing you should know about me is every relationship I get into, I have a relationship contract. Like after about the stage where you start transitioning from just talking to dating, I'm like, here are my terms of dating please present me with your terms of dating and we will go from there. We will write out a contract and we will both sign it. And in what one of my terms is you cannot celebrate Valentine's Day with me. I will. People think I'm joking when I tell them, I'm like, do not make a big deal out of Valentine's Day. I will. Like I had someone bring, buy me a life-size teddy bear and I was just like, cool. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I want to feel sorry for that person, but then, I also realize you most likely told them from before, 
and they didn't take you seriously, so it's really their fault. Yeah. And I can see why you do the contract, because I'm thinking the majority of people, mostly men, would hear that, you know, don't buy me anything on Valentine's Day and decide, oh, she's just saying that so I don't make a big deal or she's trying to trick me or something and still buy you something anyway. So I can see why you go as far as to be like, you know what, have it written down on paper, specify that, no, you day, signed it you a, read it it's exactly. not my fault <laughs> also I feel for me it just it really helps because I'm not the I don't I won't read your romantic cues as romantic cues like I'm just if you're feeling romantically neglected because there's not enough romance in our relationship I'm not gonna pick up on that so if instead like it's like for me to be like, oh, this is the things I want, because then we can talk. When you're writing the contract, you can really get. It makes the f- both people think about what it is you want in a relationship. How do you think a relationship looks like? And that's not a lot of things. Something we're not really taught to look think about when we get into relationships from society. It's just like this is what a relationship should be, and you take those ideas and you form your own relationship in your mind. So when you get in the relationship and it's not that ideal that you have in your mind, you're like, "What's wrong?" And there's a lot of fighting because, like you said, there's a lot of unspoken things. But for me, I need those spoken out and written down. For me, I like to hear from my partner once a day. Just be like, you're alive. Good. Okay, bye. We can move on with our life. Like, I know I checked in with you so that you aren't feeling neglected or anything like that. So I have in my contract terms, hey, send at least one text message a day or one voicemail. Or if, like, you have time, just a little something to let me know you're alive, you thought about me. Like, that feels nice. Sounds good to me. So I think this is where the contract would come in handy because a lot of people work in extremes where either they go too romantic and try to overdo it. And despite you saying not to, they would, you know, still give you attention in the ways you don't want. But then people go the opposite direction and say, oh, well, since you're a romantic, you want absolutely no attention at all. Where, as you're saying now, you would still want at least one message a day just to be a check in. So I can see where being specific about what you want and the type of relationship you need would be very important. It also helps people be like, what relationship traumas do I have from my last relationship? Because you never know until like a situation comes up or you're forced to think about it and you're like, oh, it was that trauma from that relationship or something I've seen that's really toxic. And you're like, it just forces the people in the relationship to really talk about it. And I include like my metamorphs, how I want them to be treated if they happen. So that if you do get a new partner, your previous partner is now like, hey, I'm still in the picture, right? Or just helps that gives you a basis to talk about things from and when issues do come up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that I, I understand that relationship contract need to definitely look into one of those for myself yeah the more i hear about this the more i'm thinking maybe i should think about doing this <laughs> Propose it to someone. yeah because i mean you and the wife are already married so i guess it's more like improving upon what you already have and like checking in right because i mean part of polly is constantly checking in so yeah, yeah. well so i was thinking more me- of it for possible new partners because i think by now just through living me and the wife have everything down you could probably look look at it but i think generally i wouldn't introduce a contract there but definitely with any new partners, I could see being like, well, here are some guidelines or maybe a very loose contract. I don't know. 
But the way how she's describing it, I'm thinking, yeah, this is definitely a, a good idea that more people should implement. Even with, I'm, I'm not, I don't know your relationship, but even with the husband and wife relationship, I think just be like this, talk about how you want things to go f- going forward, how you want relationships to look going forward, how to approach new relationship energy would be really nice to have something written down and be like, hey, even when you get like five partners, I still want this type of treatment could be really helpful. And for me, I also do it that in the beginning of, of new relationship like every two weeks we check into the contract and be like is there anything you want to add or um amend for about like the first six months of that and then going from there it's just like a once a month check-in and be like hey you still good like our terms are still working for each other okay great and then I've never had it happen but my mind around like the three-year mark just be like once a year or once every six months, be like, yeah, okay, how, we've how's things going? Like, did you want to change anything, add anything? Because, you know, things happen in life and relationships. And you, sh- I always go back to that contract because it's like, it's a very visible foundation for your relationship. Because this is what you both agree on. It's like that bed layer. Yeah, yeah, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, Jadena had, had a conversation about that with this thing, like at a previous partner, not like a contract per se, but like once a month, they had like a check-in with each other. Like, how how is our relationship going for you this month? Like, how is this happening? And performed like, you know, intimate things together to bring themselves closer and to like really clear the air. Because of course, especially when you're with someone, sometimes there are a lot of things that resentment builds, even if it's like small stuff and you don't even realize that you're mad about it or you don't think it's important enough to have a discussion about, but you just need to check in and just kind of be like, yeah, you did this thing on Thursday that really pissed me off. And of course I'm over it now, but we need to kind of interrogate why this happened. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So relationship contracts, that's great. Still, we've talked a little bit about your aromanticism. We've talked, well, we've had you defined your polysexuality, but I want to go back. I want to go back to baby miso way 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 back in the day you know when you were but a twinkle in your father's eye did you have any non-monogamous or polyamorous leanings as a child you think so i grew up in west africa baby miso grew up in west africa where polygamy was very much a thing like my grandparents had multiple partners like my maternal grandfather had four wives and some concubines and then my paternal grandfather is a uh, gentlest way i can say a man whore um he has 22 kids by multiple women so i mean both of my paternal uh, grandparents grandfathers have 22 kids but no they have 23. I forget to include my parents. So that generation, I swear. <laughs> so it was very much the norm. Like most of my uncles have menu eyes and most of my aunts have like their husbands have multiple partners as well. So for me growing up, it was very much the norm. Like not gonna lie, six-year-old me had a very interesting love life. Like she had three guys on the string. It was great. I had twins. It was great. Six-year-old me was living the life. 
Clearly. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you grew up around, you know, non-monogamy in that way. Um, so you just, this was just normal to you. It wasn't a thing where you were overly concerned with finding, you know, one person to love you forever. You were just like, yeah, it's totally normal for people to have multiple partners. Did any of your grandmothers or like aunts or stuff have multiple husbands? Is that a thing that comes up as well? Or is it really just the men who have multiple wives? My paternal grandmother, she gets around too. She she has multiple partners. So, But that's more kept on like a low-key term like because it's still Africa. So there's still a little bit misog- misogyny going on. So it's more... Females having multiple partners, is it happens, but it's just more kept on the down low than men having multiple partners. Okay, got you, got you. Just wanted to, you know, check on that because we're equal opportunity people here. We want everyone to be able to do whatever they got to do. So you grew up around this kind of non-monogamy and you grew up in West Africa. When did you come to the U.S.? I was seven when we moved to the United States. Hmm. Okay. So kind of a big culture shift there. I mean, you're old enough to remember it. So going from, you know, this lovely polygamous West African lifestyle to here where the Puritans founded. Yes. It's also was just back in Africa. I had a lot more freedom because my parents knew more people. And like, if I left the house and it's like, I'm going to be down the street. There wasn't a lot of questions that were asked. They're like, oh, yeah, you're going to be down the street. Cool. We know everyone on the street. You'll be safe. Like, it, it was fine. But we moved to America, and it was just kind of like, you're going where? Do we know this person? And it was like 50 questions. And I'm like, what? I just wanted to go play. I don't know all these questions. Yeah, no. That that, yeah, that can definitely be difficult, I'm sure. And, you know, I think that you're still young enough that you were used to running up and down, like you said, and then just this big shift, like, blam, nope, now you can't go nowhere, you can't do nothing. Of course, leaving your friends behind, that must have been hard as well. So what was that like where you had to make that shift in your mind from polygamy and this kind of non-monogamy being okay to adapting to western culture because western culture is very much one person forever for the rest of your life and every person you date is that one person for the rest of your life until the relationship ends so for me it was definitely a big shock one because i didn't really speak english when we moved to america so when i did finally like cross that language barrier and like I didn't even understand my own I didn't recognize my own name for a good two months when we when I first started school mostly because the pronunciation of my name when you translate it from English from my native native language to English is just so different and no one can say my last name so whenever they called my name in attendance I'd be like who the fuck is this bitch like this girl never said, and I'm like, one, you never call my name. And you always call this one name that, like, she never says anything. It was great. Like, they try to put me in special ed because they're like, you don't respond to your own name. And I'm like, that's my name you're saying? Cool. I'll say yes from now on. But uh, when I finally did cross the language barrier, it was a tremendous shock that I just couldn't, like, one, Flirting was also different, like how people flirted in Africa versus here was very much different. So 
that was a thing that I had to get over. And then um, the other girls did not like me. Let's just say that. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of friends until I finally understood that monogamy was very much the lay of the land. And then it didn't make sense to me. Now I'm curious. You said flirting is different in Africa. Is there any one thing that is... I guess probably normalized over there. That's not over here. They can think off the off top of your head. I don't know if it was just where I grew up in America, but the flirting there is very more, much more physical. You were expected to be playing, or um, like you'd be more tomboyish. I I don't know how to explain it. I get the idea. Physical, when, they're more touchy and yes, like stuff like that. The games that you would play with someone when you were flirting with them. I apparently inadvertently hit on a lot of females while um, I was young and still understanding flirting. I, I looking back on it, I'm just kind of like it was my inner lesbian just coming out really strong. But <laughs> when I was still very much like, oh, I'm straight, um, it was I'm like, this is how you just approach things in. Like, this is just the way relationships were structured was really just not just the idea of monogamy, but how relationships are supposed to be was was something I had to really come to terms with and figure out before I could form relationships. Yikes, yikes. Adjusting in this cold, cold, cold foreign streets. And, you know, well, your inner lesbian is always doing what it's supposed to do. Like I said, my inner lesbian popped up when I was young as well. Um, that's because, you know, she wanted to be very, very best friends with this girl. <laughs> was in, my cl- in my class, I was like, oh, this is my best friend. I want to spend all the weekends at her house and have us sleep in the same bed and have her parents make us food all the time. And for me, that made perfect sense. Yeah. Of course, now I realize it's because I was queer. But, you know... <laughs> We get there. We get there eventually. So when did you realize that you were into other genders? Okay, so this is really funny. So I actually moved states in the summer before my junior year of high school. And so by this point, I'd generally been with more, realized what flirting is and what relationships are supposed to look like. So I was generally like, I really do prefer to do these things with women than men, but I'm supposed to be attracted to men. Like this is, I'm just, I don't know. I'm pretty sure majority of people I hang out with had inner lesbians too. So we were all kind of just like, other people are weird because it was a small school. My, the graduating class from that school actually only had 50 people. And most of them went to the same school from fifth grade on up to graduating high school. So we all knew each other from a really young age. And then, so when us girls, who I'm going to dub the lesbian squad, sorry to any of them who aren't lesbians, but we really did act more like lesbians than anything. So we would look at others and be like, you guys are all weird. You're not doing this friendship thing right. Or like... So we all thought we were just being normal girlfriends with each other. And then I moved to a very, very big high school and I started forming friends. And they're like, these friends were well, well aware that they were LGBTQ. And so I didn't even know lesbian lesbianism was a thing. I knew about gay and bisexuality because a kid at my school had come out when we were in eighth grade. So I knew those terms, but... I didn't really know lesbianism was a 
thing. I don't know how, but we'll just put it on ignorance. And we, so I was talking to my best friend now, and I was like, girls are really hot. And, like, I'd be like, yeah, she's just really pretty. Like, and she's like, you know you might be bi. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Everyone thinks girls are really hot and really pretty. Like, I'm pretty sure deep down I knew. So I basically procrastinated realizing I was bisexual at the very least until after I graduated high school. And um, I was given a trip to Europe to visit with my uncles as part of my graduation present from my parents. And while over there, it was in France, and I was, I texted my best friend, I was like, I think I'm attracted to girls, and I think I'm bisexual. And she's like, we all knew this. You were the only one in denial. And I was like, I didn't. This is very much news to me. And she's like, look over your past, like, the past two years and how your friendships. I'm like, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, I procrastinated realizing I was attracted to women and feminine presenting people for a long ass time just I don't know purely because I was like they're hot that's what everyone does like I don't know about you women are hot I was like that's 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 (laughs) it is hilarious to me that you were just kind of like you know you're just deep in denial with yourself you're like nah women nah they're just hot and they're nice they're my friends yeah everyone's like but you you like women. You're like, nah, I don't like women. I don't that's not I mean I like them, but I don't like them like them. And your friends are like, no, but you do. You're like, nah, nah, you guys are tripping. That's not what's going on here. I was like, okay, it's not my fault. I was around other lesbians that like I've had a couple of friends come out as lesbians since then. So most of my friends were lesbians. So when I was like, women are hot, and they're like, yes, I'm like, see, it's normal. <laughs> That's the perfect moment I can just see in your head being like trying to explain to a, a straight girl that, no, you're not a lesbian or you're not bi, bi in this case. Women are hot. See, all these lesbians agree with me. <laughs> yeah. That's like the perfect sitcom moment of, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> all the lesbians agree. Why are you guys being unreasonable? <laughs> ah, life, life. You, you've led an interesting life. I'll give you that. I, there is a... <laughs> Who really knew what was going to happen back in the day? Like when they were dealing your cards in the universe, they were just kind of like, you know what? We're going to make this interesting. I was I, I, like, I was like, you know, you're probably right. Like when I like when I she's like, OK, this is news. I'm like, this is news to me. Like I texted them and I was like, God, like I texted the group. chat. I was like, guys, I think I'm a bisexual. And they're like, yeah, we all knew. Wow. Took, take Took the wind out of my tail. <laughs> They're like, oh, we all knew before you. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. It's like that. Well, I mean, there's some parents who have that story too. Like their kids come out to them as gay. They're like, yeah, I knew that. I've known that since you were a baby. But thank you for sharing. <laughs> it's like you think you made this big revelation and it's a big announcement. And it's like, it's big, big, big. And they're like, okay, moving on. Yeah, I think stories of self-discovery uh, are always my favorite because just the way how people interpret their feelings and emotions without knowing them. Like the fact that you were just like, you know, oh no, all women are hot. What do you mean? And how, you know, Jen just wanted girls to be her best friend. Like I always love those stories of how they were before they realized what they were in a sense. I think it, it, I was dating this guy and he was flirting with this chick. I didn't really consider it flirting because I was like, she's hot, okay? And um, someone's like, aren't you jealous that he's flirting with her? And I'm like, why? She's hot. 
Like, he has eyes. He should flirt with her. Like, I don't know yeah, if what I... What else are you going to do? Like, what, should I... I'm like... And then I was just like, I should be insulted? Like, if he dumps me for her, he clearly has good taste. So, I don't know. Like, apparently, <laughs> I was supposed to... I was just like, I, I can't blame him. Like, she's she's hot. Like... It's so, at this point... Hold on. At this point, you were being monogamous. Yeah. When all this stuff was going down. Yes. So... <laughs> That just makes it even more funny. You're like, of course he should flirt with this other woman. That makes perfect sense to me. Not only is she attractive, like, why not? Other people are like, your boyfriend's glancing in the direction of another woman. I feel like you need to break up with him because he's cheating. You're like, this is not cheating. This is fine. I actually got broken up with for not being possessive or jealous enough. So <laughs> that that tells you a lot about my... My monogamous experience. Wait, someone was mad because you weren't jealous? Yes. Apparently I wasn't. It was high school. So, you know, being jealous and possessive was the show of love and all that. So for me, it was very much like, they're like, oh, he spends a lot of time with her. He does all these things with his best friend. I'm like, yeah, she's his best friend. It'd be kind of strange if they didn't spend time together. Like... I don't feel that seems like a lot of energy and waste of time being like, what were you doing at 2.55 p.m. at her house? You should have left at 2.40 or whatever. Like, I I did not understand the mindset of being possessive about my partner. I definitely understand it from the standpoint of, yeah, that's just too much work to have to go through all of that. You know, (laughs) maybe he's he can do whatever he wants or it's his best it's his best friend, like you said. So I can even from just a laziness point of view, I can understand of just being I can't bother, be bothered with all of these extra emotions for no reason. Yeah. But this reminds me of that Whitney Houston's uh well, it's not right, but it's okay, where she does that excellent math where a dude is like, Yeah, I went out to dinner with my bros. And it's like, well, if six of y'all went out, then four of them must be cheap because only two people had food. <laughs> the credit card receipt said so. So <laughs> what's going on, bitch? That's what that reminded me of. Sorry. That That's was just, a lot was of work to do. Extra. I'm like, you have to glance at the receipt, you have to do the math. That's people share food. <laughs> Two people pay. You're just talking about that song because I didn't listen, listen to that song past the chorus till today. So, oh, really? Yeah. So funny. That's so funny. Wait, hold on. So, do men share food? Sham, this is a very important question. Like, if men go out to a restaurant, will they just get like two big plates and share it with each other? I can't say that has ever happened in my experience, unless it's maybe a a sporting event and we're sharing maybe like nachos, yeah, nachos or wings or something small. But as far as an actual meal is concerned, yeah, it wouldn't be at a restaurant sharing anything. <laughs> That'd be kind of weird. Listen, Whitney Houston knew what was up. She was like, "I know what's going on, nigga. You can't play me. I got your ass." Yeah, especially that two into into six. Um, I don't know what thing could be shared to, <laughs> among six people. I don't know. I, I don't know what men do when they're by themselves. That's too much work to figure out. I'm very much a lazy person. What do men do when they're by themselves? Sham, you are the man on this call. Tell us. What do y'all do? Honestly, not much. <laughs> We're a very, very boring set of people. It's <laughs> mostly a lot of... <laughs> not even talking. It's just sitting, just being being boring women women are a lot more interesting on their own i feel that that's disappointing but also expected yes yeah. <laughs> i hear about men a lot 
were disappointing. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not, I would say it's not your fault, but that would also be a lie. You know what? Let's get off the shitting on men train. Let's go into, well, cishet men anyway. Let's go into the, the real meat of the matter for this conversation. So you grew up around polygamy. You had the culture shock of your life when you came to America. You decided that, yeah, monogamy is the way to go because I don't have a choice. This is how America works. What made you transition into non-monogamy and polyamory? Like, talk about that shift where you went back to your roots. Is that a way to say that? Maybe. Yes. Let's. I'll go with that. So uh, I had been dumped after being, well, I technically did the dumping, but I think I was dumped. Um, we had been dating basically since like very young like early high school and then I found out that he was seeing my best friend after I moved to Wisconsin to the Midwest where I am now from Arizona and that kind of soured me on monogamy because like I was like if you wanted to see her why didn't you just like speak up why did why all the lying the hiding and like and then finally insulting me like why why go through all that when you could just be like I'm not happy in the relationship you're not giving me x y and z so then I got into another monogamous relationship and that one I got dumped for not being possessive enough so that one ended around the time I graduated high school so I went to college and I joined the local LGBTQ club on campus because during that summer, I had my bisexual awakening, so I wanted to learn more about this new community that I was finding myself a part of. And we went to a convention, would be the best word for it. It's called Memblegy Tech. It's the Midwestern... I can't remember my acronyms, but it's a big thing here in the Midwest for um, college and LGBTQ clubs. And we went there and... They did a workshop on polyamory. And as I sat in that workshop, I, we were talking about it. And I'm like, see, like, I can check all those boxes. Like, that fits. Like, I don't understand why monogamy does this. Like, that works. I understand. Yeah, I get that. Like, I, so I went through that, sat through that whole presentation just being like, yep, yep. Identify with that. Understand that. Yeah. I can really see my, so I was like, that would work way better for me than monogamy, like, and then I had my first relationship where it was very much more open than a normal monogamous, and I just never looked back, because I was just like, that works so much better, and then I introduced my relationship contract into it, and I just, I felt so much better. So that would have been when you were around 18, 19? Yes. Look at that, just two short years ago. Coming back to the, what's that? Nope, I forgot the phrase I was going to say. Damn it, I'm not smart today. That's coming back fine. To the, to the party, to the fold, to the. Yeah, the fold. There we go. Fold. I was thinking of coming back to the crease, and I was like, that's not the world I'm looking coming for. Back to the crease. Okay. Let's <laughs> yeah. write that one down. <laughs> yeah, so coming back to the crease slash fold. Uh, so you said things worked out, things felt a lot better at that point. Um, so. You said you're very, very single now. Yes. But are there any prospects? You said, you know, you said people are trying to make you not single, but like, do you have any prospects? Not do they have you as a prospect. Do you have any prospects? I I don't, 
I'm not really feeling strongly about anyone right now. I mean, I have one. He's gone through a lot of things, so he doesn't. He's very iffy on the idea of polyamory and how he would feel about it, a relationship with it. So I'm hoping that the future brings what it brings, and that because there's a lot of sexual tension between the two of us, and I'm hoping that the future will bring a resolve to it. Yes, yes. And are your DMs open to receive people? Yeah. See, I can't slide into DMs because I don't understand it, but I love when people slide into my DMs. So slide into my DMs, Twitter, Instagram, slide into them. And it's Polly2Princess on Twitter as well? Or is that just Instagram name? Oh, see. Instagram and Twitter. Continuity. Love it. Love it. So what are you looking for in a partner then? I mean, in, in, in your future, when you see whatever your future is going to look like, if you're going to have a compound full of people or whatever. I mean, I I think it's interesting that, I mean, a part of me is still also very invested in romanticism, right? Because I am not a romantic. And so some things that I will say might seem like I'm trying to push you in a certain box, but it's just because that's how I'm trying to frame my thoughts in a way that makes sense. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, I just want to make sure you know. So, I mean, when people talk about the future and their partnerships and stuff, I think about, you know, my best friend and I living together and whoever we have, I guess they can be there too. But <laughs> really, it's us for the future. Um, when we talked to PPG, polyamorous black girl, you know, her plan for the future was like a farm or some kind of like compound or some kind with some kind of farm elements. She says some reason really wanted chickens and shit. So there are definitely animals involved there. And But that sort of community living of polyamorous people, not necessarily dating them or all of them or whatever, but having partners and their partners and other like-minded people together in the community um some people talked about yeah they're gonna be nested with a partner but still have outside partners so what kind of idea do you have for your polyamorous polysexual aromantic future so i i found a lovely lovely mega mansion in ecuador that i am hoping to be able to afford in the new near future to eight million dollars but that's neither here. Eight million American dollars? Sorry, yeah. just eight eight million American dollars. Yeah. It's a fifty bedroom, sixty bathroom, twenty-eight point five hectare Whoa. acre mega mansion. It's amazing. It has two Roman pools, large uh, large courtyards and its own chapel. No, it has its own cathedral. And so it's in Ecuador. So like that's gonna be my summer getaway from the United States and all its fun selfness. And then I hope to, I have a dream house that I've wanted since I was, I think, 14. This is the house that I've always pictured myself with. I do want kids. I'm still undecided if I want to actually be the one to carry these kids or like have a female partner be the one to have them or surrogacy. I do want kids. I've lately been wavering on if I want four or two. Because I grew up with two, and then we had a surprise third about nine years ago. So I I've definitely seen both like being only having two and having more than two because my family is huge. I have 252 direct first cousins as of 2012, so it might be more at this point. 
so I, 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 I want, I'm, I want to be surrounded by a lot of people partner wise. Like I said, there's this one, one person that I'm hoping we find our way back to each other. We found our way back to each other a couple of times now. We've just never been in a situation to make a relationship work. So I'm hoping he will be in my life. And I want, I, I personally see myself with at least three partners and then three like nesting partners and then just floating every once in a while if someone comes in or just depending on what phase of our life we're in and then I'm actually going to be opening my own business in February of 2022. Look at that entrepreneur bay. I love that Jen asked this question and when she did I did not expect the answer to be so specific because you're saying you know what's your dream set up and you're like oh I have an actual house that I want to live in. <laughs> I saw, this, so I saw this house in at work and I was like I told my co I was like it's amazing like it needs two million dollars worth of renovations to bring it back to its glory days but holy shit this is a house for me like I can't if it's if I make enough like my credit's good enough I, my business takes off which it should because everyone I talk to about it is in love with the idea. And so if it goes really well, I should be able to afford it in three years. And I'm like, three years? No one else is going to buy it. Just hold it for me in three years. I mean, it is also like $2 million in renovations on top of an $8 million house. Yes. But if your credit's good enough, you only have to put 10% down. And 10% of $8 million is only 800000 You've got the whole thing planned. Mm-hmm. And then if you're getting a loan, you just have to make sure I can get $2 million construction loan. So altogether, I just need to make a million dollars and put that down. And like with my business, it I don't want to do my own, but I hope it goes well enough that like three years I can have a million dollars to put down for this dream home. I wish I had my plan as much together as you do, because I'm sitting here wondering like, um, I'm going to live here, I guess. <laughs> I think I don't know how much more money I'm going to have to pay in the future, but you just got the whole like live here. It's going to cost this much money, this much to fix. If I have a loan, I get this much back. I respect it. I respect your dreams and I support them. Um, Hopefully we can call you back in. How long did you say? Three years time? Yes. And you'll be hearing, I have built it. I have found it is my, I'm not telling us like, so that no one goes and steal this house. But I'm pretty sure if you just look up $8 million home in Ecuador, you'll find it. It's pretty, it's beautiful. Like you see the outsides of it. I mean, it's not my color schemes, but it just looks like, holy shit, this is a house. It's it's a giga mansion, but because it has more than eight bedrooms. Yeah. So we'll just be like today on Monogamish, live from Ecuador. <laughs> so. I mean, I, if you guys, I mean, you're already married, Sham, but if you're getting married, you could come visit my store and I'll update you. Okay. Okay. There is that. Um, so one last thing for me, I don't know if Sham has other things that he wants to ask. I just want to know, um, actually, no, I have two questions. Damn it. Okay. So <laughs> what do your parents think about non-monogamy and polyamory? My parents are in a very weird relationships where 
basically their relationship is don't ask, don't tell. But without, like, actual consent. Because they're both cheating on each other frequently. And then they're supposed to be in a monogamous relationship, but they are cheating on each other frequently. And then they get mad at each other for cheating. And then they cheat again. It's It's very... My mom knows I'm polyamorous. I don't actually know if my dad does, because at one point I was dating two people and I was going on frequent dates. When I was, and I was like, yeah, I'm going on a date with this person or me and this person are on the break and I'm going on a date with this person. She's like, what? Didn't you just go on a date with this person yesterday? And I'm like, yeah, that was my other boyfriend. I'm going out with this person now. It's fine. Keep up. That's how I told my mom I was polyamorous, really. I was like, yeah, I went on a date with this person yesterday, and I'm going to go on a date with this person today. And Or, like, I'd be like, my boyfriend does this, and then my boyfriend did this. And she's like, I thought your boyfriend... I'm like, that's other boyfriend. I didn't actually came out to her as polyamorous. I just went, I'm dating two different people. And she's like, okay, moving on. Like, tell me about them. I mean, that's one way of doing it. I, I, I like that you just didn't even bother to explain anything, just laid it all out there, just gave them all the facts, let them put piece together themselves but um i will never come out to them as polysexual because lgbtq is the worst thing in their opinion so i will remain in the closet until that forever basically yeah this this, this sounds like uh our cultures may share something there because similarly in jamaica i could see a relationship where two spouses are cheating on each other but also get mad at the others for <laughs> cheating on them and also be upset with someone for being LGBT. So <laughs> you found the ha- you found the you found the castle. Yeah, I did, guys. I found the castle. I dropped it in the chat. I was like, I need to find this thing immediately so Shav and I can both look at this house. So I dropped it in our little chat here, and yes, I have found the castle. It is massive, just like Miso said. <laughs> it can definitely hold all of us and more. So <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave it there for that. But my other question for you was. Of course, and your parents are negotiating whatever they have to negotiate in that way. Fine. Um, but what type of poly would you say you practice now? I would say my poly style is very fluid-based because I'm surrounded by a lot of monogamous people. So when I do enter into a relationship, it really we start building from the ground up where I'm like, this is me. This is what I practice. This is how I do relationships and then I guide them to find what their level of okay is whether it's just oh we go on dates with other people together or um, in a v relationship so it's really been just it depends on what my partners are okay with and where their confidence levels is okay okay that makes sense that makes sense you know every relationship is different we've said it multiple times before you tailor everything as you go um but that i am i'm more solo poly right now just because i have no interest at the moment in doing anything with anyone else like you know living together merging finances etc etc that's like i mean for me merging finances mean that we share things as opposed to you giving me money you know what i'm saying like it's one thing for you to give me money but i'm not trying to share shit with you that's not how this works um but yeah no i definitely i definitely understand that huh i i personally don't have anything else sham do you have anything else you want to just 
drop in an ad aside from staring at this 50 <laughs> bedroom uh, castle. I didn't want to say, but I was going through the pictures like, wow, you know what? We're going to keep in touch so that whenever <laughs> he does move in here, he can come visit. <laughs> but other than that, no, I don't really have anything else to ask. I think I've, I've learned so much today and been fascinated by your whole story and lifestyle. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to do a same shameless plug before we cut off. Because I oh, need definitely. to make, I need to build a business so I can buy this amazing castle. Um, like I said, I will be opening a business in t- February of 2022, February 21st, 2022, South Carolina, Greenville. That's going to be the grand opening. So keep your calendars open if you're in that area. I am opening a wedding boutique that specializes in West African wedding outfits and um, Western bridal. So it's going to be a combination of the western white dresses and tucks and then more of the african um asobis and ankras and kante styles and then um as part of my business that opening week we will actually be doing a series of meshing of cultures so there'll be a cook-off between um southern soul foods and um, West African dishes, and then I have um, a couple ideas. There'll be a scavenger hunt. You'll be learning more about where there's going to be a major fashion show where um, brides can come and be, and then the lucky bride who wins, who's designer, who picks the winning designer, gets to keep that wedding dress that she loves, and um, her bride bridal party will be getting 25% off as well. This is all. Oh, you've got this planned, planned. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Right now, it's just funds that are really stopping me from. I mean, I I would have opened it next year if I could, but it's going to take a little longer for the funds and some buildings to go through. I see why your friends all say that this is a good idea because hearing it, I can, I would definitely be interested in that as an option for when you're getting married. Because as much as I'm not personally West African, I'm not an old white person either. And all of the traditions that we're used to are come from old white people. Yeah. So and also, old. I'm just, for me, like I said, I grew up West African. And then um, when we moved to America, we grew up, we built a West African community in Arizona. And uh, I've been helping with some of their weddings. And the fact that you have to get like your bridal gown shipped from Africa and hey, it may not actually arrive until like, the week of your wedding and do you know the stress of trying to find an alternate just in case your outfit doesn't get here or like and I want to give those brides the chance to come in put the dress on have that oh my god this is there's an actual need for this where you are yes well it was in Arizona but I'm also hoping that because a lot of slaves have West African origin. So I'm hoping that the black community in America will embrace us because we'll be getting a chance to give them a little bit of that culture that their ancestors had back. And then also um, learn just a little bit more about their ancestors and just something new because a lot of wedding Western wedding traditions are very Puritan and just... We there's so much culture in the world that I want to bring a little bit of mine to America as well. And then also just teach people about, hey, this might be your history. This might be your people. Just give them a little that sense of tradition and uniqueness. And then also um, a lot of the designers that I'll be carrying will be um, 
African American of themselves. I have a lot of what Western wedding designers that in from Africa that I'm like, holy shit, I've not seen something like this here in America. And also right now there's a huge movement for supporting black um people and the wedding industry is no pun intended very white. Like there are good designers that need to be shown and I want to showcase them. Well hopefully this gets out to potential customers maybe potential investors i don't know maybe there's one monogamous listener with just like 10 million dollars who wants to give it to you <laughs> to that person that I say, why aren't you giving us enough of that but other than that i hope you get through with this because this, this genuinely sounds like a, a good idea right it is an amazing idea i too would like to buy i mean i'm not getting married anytime soon if ever but i will be sending people to the way of the shop but don't forget you can find me so on twitter and instagram at poly two which is the number two princess ding 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 so follow her there keep in touch so you guys can see when the shop opens up i'm excited i'm also excited to see her move to the house <laughs> yes that too but yeah so thank you so much Misa for being here today I really appreciate having you and you sharing your story with us is there anything you want to leave our audience with before you go or you say nah I'm done I mean I, I, I feel like I've plugged myself enough but yeah if you guys want to follow me and keep interested in the shop I actually have an Instagram started for the shop I, I actually signed one of the vendors this week I haven't uploaded pictures to that to that page yet but in the coming weeks I'll be uploading pictures from one of the vendors who has agreed and her dresses are beautiful right now they're mother of the bride dresses because they have the simple elegance and like the pride that a mom has when like her child is getting married they convey that so well in all these wonderful colors so if you know mother of the brides bridesmaids brides I can get them in contact with these designers before um I actually have the shop so if you know people who are getting married send them my way all right so once again thank you so much and we hope to bring you on again soon Bye. thank you for having me I know you're probably wondering why we did the Valentine's Day episode before we did the episode with the person who does not celebrate Valentine's Day. But hey, all all of this is valid, okay? People do things and they celebrate things in the way that they need to. So as much as we want people to celebrate love and intimacy and connection, using Valentine's Day as a medium to do that, you can also just have people like me so who don't subscribe to Valentine's Day shit. And I think that's fine too. And we're providing a balance. The week before we had the Valentine's Day episode with this week, I guess we have the counter argument. Well, it's not a counter argument per se. It's just, you know, her idea of what she wants. I mean, she's also aromantic. So I feel like Valentine's Day is just an awkward time for aromantic people in general. Oh, yeah. But it was so great having me. So of course, we will make sure to put all of her links in our show notes as per usual. Also, I'd like to give a special shout out to MJ, who is our volunteer assistant transcriptionist cleaner upper. That's an official job title, obviously. Shout out. But she's definitely been helping me quite a bit getting the transcripts ready for you from the older episodes. So I'm happy, happy, happy that she's here. Also want to shout out our friends at YouTube Right, because the clothes are still amazing and we still get 10% off using the code monogamish. And you guys definitely 
definitely need to prepare for summer. Y'all want t-shirts. Y'all want leggings. Y'all, y'all want to be ready. Y'all want to be ready. I know it. I know it. People are like, oh, it's still winter time here. Uh, okay. And is it ever too early to prepare for summer? I don't think so. I don't think so. Exactly. You don't want somewhere to come and then you don't have any summer clothes. You have to be scrambling. You got to have them ready, ready to go. Correct. So shout out to YouTube, right? Shout out again to Andrea Martucci at the Shelf Love Podcast. Again, like I said, connection. We're together in this. And of course, to altplayground.net, as usual, for sponsoring us and allowing us to be our unique selves and <laughs> using their platform. So Sham, tell the people where they can find us. Of course, they can find us over on Twitter.com slash MonogamishPod, Instagram at MonogamishPod, Facebook.com slash MonogamishPod. Those are all our social medias where you find, you know, our thoughts, our feelings. You can find all the episodes. We send them out every week. And of course, if you want detailed show notes of every episode, you head on over to MonogamishPod.com. That's where you have all the links, everything we talk about. In some cases, you have the transcripts. And from there, you can find our merch over at monogamishpod.threadless.com. You can find all the wonderful merch that we've put together for you to purchase of us. And of course, you know, to download us, you go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If those places have a place to review us, how about you give us a review? Five stars. Helps people find us. Help people know that there's an awesome podcast over here. So share. Let people know what's happening over here. We're doing a great thing. Oh, and of course, you have patreon.com slash monogamishpod. You can't search us because we're too naughty. Um, too naughty for my shirt. Oh, that's that's not the song. Whoopsie. Sorry no. about that. Mm-hmm. Close <laughs> but enough. Don't forget, you can also find us on our cheap, I mean, <laughs> on our on our expensive friends website, soundcloud.com. We have our three most recent episodes up there all the time, as per usual. One day, one day we will have all the episodes up there, but that day is not today that's not today Mm -mm. no it's not happening so thanks again for joining us guys we love to hear your thoughts on the episode so make sure to comment on everything on the you know the tweet tweet the ig everything but without further ado let's whisk you off into the night i'm jen i'm sham and and we're we're monogamish Mm. we'll save it at the end (laughs) i hope we did Nope, did not even close. Not, not even close. <laughs>